Hi and welcome back to the Trans Marketing Podcast. My name is Prashant Malkani and the topic for today's episode is Marketing Through Technology. Due to the sheer information on this topic, we split this into two parts, the first being MarTech and the second being data. So let's kick off with part one. MarTech is personally a great interest of mine and one of the main reasons for me to start this podcast. As we stand today, MarTech or marketing technology has become an integral part for any marketing team. With the growing importance of it, the number of solutions have also substantially increased, which could be mainly divided into advertising and promotion, content and experience, social and relationships, commerce and sales, data, and finally management. So to help me dwell further into the topic, I have a very special guest with me today. Zarina Stanford is a seasoned global CMO, a recognized change agent, and a frequent industry speaker. She held a celebrated career at IBM, where she was the global VP of marketing in software and system, after which she joined SAP as CMO for Asia Pacific and Japan, and now is the CMO of Cinity. Besides having a diverse global sales and marketing background, she is also a champion for diversity and inclusion initiatives. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi Zarina and welcome to the Transfer Marketing Podcast. It's a real pleasure for me to have you on board. Thank you, Prashant, and really appreciate you uh, having the opportunity for me as well. So I know you started your career, you know, with IBM and literally saw them grow from strength to strength over the 16 odd years you were with them. And then you moved to SAP to oversee their marketing efforts for Asia Pacific and Japan. And now you've been crucial in rebranding Cinity. All these three are tech B2B companies. Uh, so what has been your experience, you know, working in the sector for over two decades now? Uh, and what are some of the major differences that you see while managing marketing efforts, you know, between B2B and B2C companies? You know, that, that, Prashant, that's a great set of questions. And I'm going to actually split it into two parts, if I may. Sure, sure. Um, from, from my view, I think, especially for us marketing professionals and anyone who is customer facing, we should be thinking of two perspectives. The one I'm going to start with is the macro level. Right. There are a lot of things that I've seen over the last 20 plus years, if you will, that are very, very strongly driven by the overall evolution, if you will. You know, and by the way, I love the name of your podcast. Thank you. Uh, by the whole transformation, you're welcome. By the whole transformation, not only for businesses, but for our discipline in terms of marketing. Um, three quick things to highlight on there, right? At the macro or the market level. Right. One is that, you know, the, the buyers, whether it's our B2B or even the B2C space, are getting a lot more educated and yeah. easily assessing uh, access to information. You know, right. the digital world that we are now all in is really a big impetus of that. Right. And the second part is really the role of technology uh, played a huge role in, in prior conversation we had talked about, you know, the number of companies that are built on the entire stack of marketing technology or MarTech, as we call it in our space, yeah. exponentially, you know, mushroomed over the last same period, the 20 years period. Yeah. And, uh, and then the third part is the role of technology. Technology, you know, in some cases is yeah. that it, it, it sounds like is, you know, used to be an enabler, but for those companies who is actually able to empower it and incorporate that into a part of its own asset, 
yeah. technology became an asset. Sure. The other part is actually the specific in terms of the buyers. And um, I think over the 20 you know, plus years as we were talking about, our psyche has changed. We, okay, you and yeah. I are buyers of technology. You and I are buyers of products. You and I are buyers of you know, whatever consumer goods that we have. Yeah. We are a lot more scrutinizing. We have a lot more options. You know, we used to be able to buy only from the local corner, and now you can buy anywhere within, you know, India. And I'm in Austin, Texas. I could buy things if I just bought something from India yesterday. Yeah, yeah. This whole access of what is available is tremendous. So I think that's the two major forces: the macro side as well as the psyche and you know the profile of the consumer or the buyers. True. So there's this one thing that, you know, I've always wondered is tech B2B companies, you know, they create some great tools for other businesses to use. Like, you know, even in marketing today, as you just mentioned, uh, we use so many tools in the whole MarTech or marketing technology space. But do these companies actually use their own tools first actively before going to market? And has, you know, your product team ever come to you with the marketing uh, technology tool to test before they launch it externally? Well, I'm actually going to pick up your last point first. Uh, it, it, to me, it's actually a luxury. Sure. And uh, let, me, let me start by where I am currently today as CMO of Synity. It was actually, you know, we're in the data business. We help companies, you know, manage the mammoth uh, data transformation, the whole journey about data, data and yeah. data management. And I actually reach out to our consulting team and our product team, say, can you help me? Using mm. our own capability and our own intellectual property help us be more in tune to, as an example, the contacts and the contact database and help in our world, we talk about harmonizing, right? Because, you know, data comes from all sorts of places and yeah. to pull it all together is very powerful. So I, I think rather than labeling it being unfortunate to be in the bleeding edge of things, I love being on the bleeding edge of things. Um, okay. Because it's the overall design of marketing and product design, if you will, right? If you start from where the needs are of the customer, yeah, then you have something that's very core. So to back to your fun part of your question, which is, you know, have I been in situations where we use our technology, what we what we actually do, and and I'll go through the journey. Uh, one of my most favorite, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Uh, is a situation where uh, when I was at IBM, we actually uh, were looking into this is this is back in 2003, so you know 17 years ago. Yeah. What can we do to talk to help our customer engagement be better? And right. those are the areas where marketing automation or marketing transformation begins to come to, to reality. Yeah. And I was I had the real uh, amazing opportunity to be asked by the company to say, can you, can you try, you know, see what you could do with it? And I have to be honest with you, Prashant, when I was asked that, I know of three words. I know the company's name. I no. know the concept at maybe primary school level of marketing automation. Sure. And here I am, we have this amazing technology because the this is an outside company right. uh, who came and presented to us what we could do. And, you know, as, as a leader, you have to paint the vision of what's possible. 
And I was yeah. pull, absorbing all that. And I said, oh my God, this could really, really help us. And the company's spending a lot of money to help you know, the marketing professional to do better. Yeah. You know, how awesome is that? And that was also the rise of the digital world. And True. so nine, 10 months later, uh, we, we deliver real business impact. And um, it's phenomenal that we have the opportunity to try something totally technology-based yeah. and be the first customer for this company to deliver that and roll it out in that scale. Yeah. And uh, this is where I love uh, the punchline here is that I then was about a year into that was asked, what do I think of it? Is it really something? Is it a platform that really, really works? Is it really doing great things for us? And that, absolutely. I mean, I could see, look at the numbers. True. And not knowing that at the time, IBM actually was already in discussion talking about acquiring the company. <laughs> so, so this is the company's name was Unica. And uh, we, in fact, and I yeah. always talk about that. We love it so much, we bought the company. <laughs> and uh, so IBM actually bought the company and incorporated that as a part of the IBM portfolio. So right. to your point, in this case, is a, is a acquired uh, asset. But it's an acquired asset that we tried and we used, and you know we saw results. And you know from North America, it became a global um, undertaking, right. and it was really in the bleeding edge of marketing automation at the time. If I'm able to use my own technology, and we call you know you you, you drink your own champagne and have your own caviar, yeah, it just makes it that much more powerful. And you know that circles back to why I'm such a believer. And let's use our own things and show it, test it experience it and then show the world what can be done and that's what we're doing here at Synergy as well. Yeah, so actually interestingly enough, my next question was correlational to your earlier days at IBM and just streaming from that, there is a website called Chief Martech that I frequently like visiting as they publish a yearly landscape of all Martech solutions. In fact, this year, the number of Martech solutions in that landscape has increased to 8,000 in number which grew by approximately 14% from last year. So having a large number of different solutions is always exciting, but sometimes it can be extremely confusing and overwhelming on which one to choose for any brand or marketing team. So do you think larger companies like Google, Adobe, IBM, Amazon, etc., are looking at a way to acquire and consolidate? And obviously, you know, you have some experience with this, as you mentioned in your earlier IBM days. Yeah, I, I think there's two parts to your comment as well, too, and I love the timeliness of it. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, the, the short answer is absolutely yes. I mean, let's yeah. just think, you know, think just, just a few months ago, right? I mean, Adobe acquired Mercado. You can yeah. think of that as a merger, right? Because they're big, both of them are big enough, and we are a Mercado customer, and uh, they're big enough. Yeah. And that they see the possibility that when you when you bring together, and I wasn't in the room when they're deciding it, but I would imagine if I'm coming from the Adobe stage standpoint, it's it's continuation of their journey of extending their promise to the marketplace. It's their portfolio evolution. Right. Marketo has become kind of like a they've kind of been in that core. How do it expand itself? How does it make itself even better, bigger? And yeah. there's the promise of mergers, right? I think I think that definitely, no doubt, means springing from IBM acquiring or having acquired Unica, you know, Google's, you know, multiple places. And, you know, all these acquisitions yeah. are part of what I believe companies attempt to grow 
both from yeah. a portfolio standpoint, from an IP standpoint, as well as maybe in market penetration. I, yeah. I also think that we are, you know, during this truly seriously crazy 2020, uh, in this pandemic world, one of the things that we believe strongly that just like every other waves of disruption and major uh, economic impact, you're yeah. going to see a lot more activities on merger acquisitions and divestiture. It's, it's just how the economics and how the marketplace work. Where I think back to 2008 when the market, you know, kind of just like crazy. And then all of a sudden you got this mushrooming effect of all these merger acquisitions. So I think yeah. there's two dimensions. It makes total sense for consolidation to happen in the marketing tech in the MarTech space. Like yeah. you said, right? 8,000, does the market really need 8,000 yeah, different solutions? It, Probably not. And then everybody comes with attacking the same, you know, sets of business challenges and opportunities. Yeah. And I think we have this opportunity now. So I totally agree with your proposition, with your hypotheses. Uh, so yeah. just coming yeah. to the last question for this episode is uh, technology has become, you know, something that every brand or company wants to adopt. But unfortunately, some don't even know why, but they actually still do it anyway. So since we've been, you know, discussing marketing technology, why do you think brands are adopting, adopting them at such a high level? Uh, and what are they actually getting out of uh, adopting all of these technologies? I, I, I think it is not a luxury. It is a necessity. Yeah. It's, a survival, it's a survival element for companies to take advantage of technology. Uh, I, I maybe I'm skewed because my entire career I've always spent time in the technology space. Yeah, uh, technology is a wonderful uh, enabler as well as asset if you do it right. And yeah. so I, I think you know this whole digital world, everything. I mean, even to the point of turning on your lights. I mean, you know, all these little gadgets and gizmos that you can buy now. <laughs> you yeah. know, it used to be the analog. You flip the switch, you turn it up and down, and then the lights come on and come up. No, now you say, you know, turn on the light. Right? And, and just imagine this, right? If we individual are doing it yeah. for the benefit of the convenience, multiply that by a million times for business. It, I think it's a crime if businesses don't take advantage of technology. And, and to your early comment, you know, I think this is where B2B and B2C are still businesses. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, they really are driving to how do you engage and how do you deliver a solution that your customer, be it consumer base or another business, can take advantage of yeah. and can do things better. And, you know, there's so, so much we can learn between those worlds. And I, I was still um, one of uh, Bill McDermott, when he was our CEO at uh, SAP, uh, yeah. one of the conversations we had before is that I think the world is turning into C to B. Because the yeah. power of the consumers <laughs> is so strong, so significant that yeah. every business, regardless of what business you're in, needs to be customer first, needs to be consumer first. Yeah. Yeah, true. And honestly, I think just to add to the benefits, I think the extraction and availability of data for me is also one of the most important aspects. So what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I think data is like your heartbeat is like, you know, I mean, how, how, how blood and oxygen flow through our system. Yeah. If you can imagine the blood flow, that's your data. Yeah. So I, 
maybe it's a little bit of gruesome <laughs> parallel, but it's just, you know, I mean, we, it, it, it doesn't take if you don't have it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that what separates the, the mega, the, those that are successful company wise or even individual individuals wise yeah. uh, and those that are not successful would be one of the, I, I bet one of the key levers yeah. they have is the data and how they view their data. So I, I, and I'll, I will, if we have time, I'll, I'll, I'll go back, I'll bring you back to days where, you know, you were probably much younger then. Uh, in, in the sense that when we think about used to be like 20, 30 years ago, when yeah. we think about data, we usually think about numbers, rows yeah. and columns, and maybe some, you know, profile demographics or whatever. Yeah. That is just a minuscule proportion of data. Yeah. That businesses can take advantage of, right? And I, I love the model of some of these social aggregators and so many companies now are, are, are you know, this whole entire AI and machine learning and, and pro- proactive and all that. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they are seeing data as critical asset that they turn from data to information and yeah. from in- information to insight and from insights to competitive advantage. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just, just it's to me is that critical. And True. so you can, if you have no air, you can't breathe. If you have no water, you can't survive. Yeah. If, you know, if, if movement isn't happening and there are, you know, in, now that I'm in the, in, in, at IBM, I was part of the time in the data space as well. Um, yeah. And then certainly at SAP and then here at Cinity, is that there are there's also the notion of information about data, which yeah. is called metadata. It's the data of data, right? What yeah. what 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 is the relationship? Where is it coming and who is using it and how it's so powerful that I think those companies who has mastered and will master it will yeah. be the rise will be the rising stars, will be the stars of the of the next decade of, of you know. But you, you already proved it, right? I mean, think about think about Facebook, think about Google, True. think about LinkedIn. Yeah. I, I think I think they are great process companies, but at the heart of it, they are data companies. True, true. So you know, great. Thanks a lot, Zarina. This has been really helpful, and so much so that we need to continue this conversation to the next episode, and we'll obviously continue from where we are leaving off today. Well, thank you very much again for the opportunity to, uh, you know, exchange thoughts and ideas and what we could do more as marketing professionals. Great. So for the rest of us, hope this episode was useful. And in case if you have any doubts, feedback, or just want to spark a conversation, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. This is me signing out for this episode. Don't forget to tune in next week for part two of this topic. Until then, as usual, don't forget to stay curious.